0: Welcome back to our Unum Be Well podcast. I'm Beth Husters and today I'm joined by a previous guest, Natasha, who is an online fitness coach and personal trainer, and also Tanya, a nutritional therapist and naturopath. We're joining forces again with Get Me Fit and this time is to talk about an incredibly popular and important topic, which is menopause. So I want to say thank you and welcome to you both for being our guests today. It would probably be good, uh, Tanya, to give us a bit of an introduction into yourself, because I know a lot of people don't even know what a naturopath is. <laughs> so it'd be good
1: to, to hear from you. Welcome, Tanya. Hello, um, I'm Tanya. So as you've said, I'm a nutritional therapist and naturopath. Um, a naturopath is someone who believes in the self-healing mechanism of the body, So we aim to put a body back into balance and obviously the menopause is a time of extreme hormonal change and therefore it's a very useful time um, to be in touch with a naturopath to help put your body back into balance. Thank you and Natasha.
2: Hi um, yes I am a qualified personal trainer um, and I'm 49 years of age so uh, currently sitting in that perimenopausal Place, shall we say? (laughs) Uh, So, I understand with all the ladies that I train the complexities um, of mediating through that change are. um, But I've been a personal trainer since the age of 45, so a little bit later in life, uh, because fitness has been a passion of mine. And I want to get as many women um, understanding that through fitness and lifting weights, they can actually reduce some of those. Menopausal symptoms.
0: And actually, I think that's such an important um, area to talk about. Obviously, we'll go on to it later. And the the idea of the perimenopause, which, oh, my goodness, I actually have decided after going, you know, I'm doing so much work on the menopause at the moment. And I really do believe that I'm sort of moving into that stage. And it just, once you start to see all the signs, it makes sense, doesn't it, the things that you're experiencing and also how frustrating it is, because I really thought there was... I was losing my mind you know like forgetting words like literally for days i couldn't remember a certain word for ages and just the the, the the kind of the energy levels and the kind of all the other things that happen when it comes to your natural cycle etc and it's kind of reassuring to know that there is um things that you can do but also that it's quite a normal stage of life and in actual fact um natasha will be pleased to know that i'm starting on a really strong nutrition and fitness (laughs) um, program with somebody very new so that I can be prepared for my 40th because I feel like it's uh, so much times that we've spoken and it's all about the pre-work that we need to put in to get ourselves ready and that's something that we will touch on um, later so hopefully the people listening to this podcast will get a lot out of it because I've already got stuff out of it just in our catch-ups before we've even um, recorded the session so it's actually a really, really important topic. Um, I've been talking about it a lot recently. I've been in this job as a as a kind of within wellbeing and um, absence management for over 15 years. And only in the past 18 months have we seen this topic getting more, rightly so, more spotlight, more time. Um, we've got Lots of things coming out from Parliament. There's actually um, quite a new report that was published um, earlier this year. It's talking about the fact that it could potentially be added into the Equality Act. You know, including menopause as a protected characteristic, um, making it a duty for employers to kind of provide reasonable adjustments for menopausal employees because we are losing so many individuals of that age. Um, you're going to go through the stages and definitions with us. Um, it shortly but ultimately the reason why this is such a big topic within the workplace partic- you know, particularly is the age you know the average age of menopause is 51 Menop- perimenopause as Natasha and I've both mentioned we really need to <laughs> starting to feel those effects and there are actually 4.5 million women age kind of 50 to 64 in employment And that is why we're seeing the kind of people experiencing problematic menopausal symptoms are having such a massive impact on work. And that's a big part of everyone's day to day existence, really, is it? It's it's a big part of your identity and we don't want to see people leaving work and we don't want to see poor quality of life for individuals. Um, You know, we want this podcast to be informative as to what the menopause is, how it can feel, And then think about how getting the kind of fundamentals right from what you, how you move, what you eat, how you look after yourself can actually help with your menopause experience. So I've alluded to the kind of words perimenopause and menopause, but Natasha, it would be great if you could kind of take us through the stages and definitions, the when, the why the menopause can start, etc
2: cool i mean obviously i'm speaking from a personal training point of view and as a female not because i am a qualified menopausal coach but there are three stages of menopause so and and typically whilst the average age is 51 to hit menopause uh some ladies can be uh, their bodies can be forced into to, to menopause much earlier if it's due to illness so you have the stages of perimenopause um those are all the symptoms that are coming prior. And the class that menopause is a point um, in time 12 months after a woman's last period. But the the sad point is, is the woman could literally get to, to 12 months and one month and then have a period and then she has to start all over again. So, you know, whilst it is there's nothing set in stone, but the years leading up to that point, women may have changes in their cycles um, and obviously uh, have a lot of symptoms, like you said, piecing them together because you don't really know. Women are often underserved and ignored when reporting because they don't even know themselves, and I certainly didn't, with some of the things that was happening. And you'd think that, I don't know, that there would be like a, a wellbeing check for women Um, where they actually tell you this. Um, Luckily enough, I think there is more things like this podcast going out that that allows women to to realise that they're not alone. But that menopausal transition uh, most often begins from, say, age 45 to 55. It can last around seven years, but it could be as long as 14. Um, And the duration, what is interesting, is quite dependent, and I'm, I'm sure obviously we'll be talking more about this, but on lifestyle factors, um, what do you do, you know, whether you smoke, whether you've got um, a clean eating diet, um, all of these things, and in just, you know, environmental issues as well, like around you, where you live, these things actually can play a part, um, but during perimenopause, the body's, you um, production of estrogen and progesterone, the hormones uh, made by the ovaries, um, greatly vary and they can fluctuate up and down. So you literally could be feeling fine one minute and then tank the next. And this is why it's quite hard, even if you was to go online and buy certain kits and things to get a snapshot, you really are taking a snapshot at that moment. Um, So you you can go and get bloods done and my personal opinion is for every woman to take charge of their own body and go you know if you're within those ages go to your doctor speak to them um you know you know your your body better than anyone else and you can request to have your bloods done and and you shouldn't be refused to have that done and what they'll do is measure your follicular stimulating hormone and your luteal stimulating hormone and getting an idea of where your estrogen currently is and they pretty much can get a rough gauge of where you are sitting on that spectrum of being perimenopause and sort of heading in as i said like every woman is unique and and with over 30 different symptoms you may get none of them uh, you may get all of them or you may get the most common ones which are the hot flushes the night sweats anxiety joint pain um, and another one that i think is often not spoken about because it really does feel taboo apart from when you're pregnant and having children pelvic floor doesn't really get mentioned and pelvic floor dysfunction again can occur during menopause because of those fluctuating hormones and I don't think enough is said about that I think you know especially me working in the fitness industry and you know the the movements that we tend to do you know lots of ladies might then have to run to the toilet through about a skipping Um, And that needs to be understood and adjusted or allowing ladies to do different movements because it depends on how you move, where you move, um, that may obviously exacerbate it. But the fact that it does actually happen brings it out into the open to make it not feel like it's just you. And that's what I think we are severely lacking in at the moment, that a lot of ladies are embracing all this on their own and maybe not speaking to their peers or or their 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 mum's never said anything so i think getting it out in the open is a really good thing
0: oh well i'm really looking forward the rest of my life now <laughs> 30 plus symptoms to look at and all these different um issues and look, like, but you like you say I think the biggest thing is that all gonna they could be different no one's going to be feeling exactly the same everyone will have different things at different times um and you need to know your own body and yeah be more open about it and be more kind of forgiving of yourself to think okay I'm I'm not necessarily um going mad. I'm actually experiencing these symptoms and I could find um I can get help for these things. You mentioned about obviously going and getting testing um and things like that. Many of many individuals will go to the GP and part of the focus on the kind of that recent government report I mentioned was looking at the removal of dual prescription charges for both components, for example, in HRT. And yet, HRT is a really in, you know, valuable one, particularly as you was mentioning, Tasha, to the up and downs of the of the estrogen within individuals, so it can really impact how um, the individual is feeling. But I think, much like you were saying, you know, people don't talk about um, pelvic floor issues. People don't think about the fact that exercise and movement and all of those sorts of things can be beneficial for individuals. HRT doesn't have to be the only option, and you, you know, ideally wouldn't be used as the kind of the a treatment in isolation we need to have that more holistic approach as well and promote self-care as as a a sort of intervention which probably leads us quite nicely to you Tanya who you know mentioned quite a lot about that kind of holistic approach when thinking about menopause.
1: Yes certainly there's um, a lot that people can do um, for themselves particularly um dietary. Uh, the Western, the typical Western diet is full of sugary processed, convenience foods high in caffeine and alcohol. And when you take a diet like that, you combine it with poor sleep, chronic stress. Um, it res- results in a life on what we call a blood sugar roller coaster. And this leads to f- um, female hormonal imbalance and a much less comfortable menopausal transition. Unwanted weight gain, reduction in bone density, anxiety. Um, and there's a, a narrow range between the ups and downs of balanced blood sugars. And it's easy to rise above and drop below this range. And the problem is that when you do move out of that narrow range, you trigger in an emergency in your body And that fires up cortisol, which is your fight or flight hormone, um, and that is responding to what your body is considering is an emergency situation. And these blood blood sugar spikes can be um, caused very typically by refined um, and simple carbs and alcohol, caffeine, nicotine. So smoking has a major impact um, at the menopause. And these spikes then release insulin to take the excess sugar away and store it in the liver. But with limited space, the excess sugar then gets stored in fat cells. And as blood sugar levels then drop, can give headaches, tiredness, cravings, lightheadedness, irritability, and some of the features, the moody features that um, can be associated with with the menopause. Um, So you can really help yourself with your diet by removing um, lots of the processed and convenience foods um, by including uh, foods that are rich in fiber that take longer to digest. Fiber is also very key at this time because it's very important for um, hormone metabolism. Um, so foods rich in fibre, uh, they burn more slowly, they keep you fuller for longer and they stop help stop the cravings that are very common within the menopause. Um, eating more whole grains and colourful vegetables and fruit, um, protein obviously helps you to, keep, to feel full and doesn't raise blood sugars. And so t- for blood sugar balance, a key thing is to eat protein at each meal with a good dose of plant proteins thrown in. They don't, protein doesn't have to come, all come from animals. Um, So meat and pasteurized dairy consumption um, should be limited um, because there's a lot of hormones used in the production of, if it's not organic and free range, farming methods um, a lot of um, a lot of dairy cattle are given antibiotics and and um, can sometimes growth hormones and that transfers into the meat and the milk and that can affect your hormonal balance during the menopause Um, things like caffeine alcohol spicy foods aggravate hot flashes and increase acidity in the body Something that's will um, has been mentioned um, already, obviously is um from a holistic point of view is moving your body daily and regular weight bearing exercises to um, that's all essential for maintaining bone density. Vitamin D levels now that's very key to overall health, and it's particularly key at this point, and that's something that your GP can check. Um, and you should take a supplement if necessary. In in um the winter, not so important in the summer because most the best source of vitamin D is the sun. So um, and we've been so lucky recently with the weather, so hopefully everybody's vitamin D levels have been topped up. But um in our winter months, vitamin D can become very low, and it's an essential cofactor nutrient to support your bone health. So at the menopause, time of the menopause, um, it's really, really important. Um, So reducing um, stress in the body is very important. So mindfulness, um, some deep breathing, uh, there are various techniques. um, And it's a matter of finding one that suits you and can really help to calm you down. Um, meditation. There are apps, Calm, um, Headspace, apps that are very useful um, for when you're very very stressed and just bringing, trying to bring the body back into into a um, a level of of balance, healthy balance. Um, now, healthy fats is something that um, you should con- consider increasing. Um, Uh, in your meals, avocados, nuts, flax seeds, and omega-3 fatty acids, as these increase bone mineral content and help reduce the risk of osteoporosis, which is one um, problem that can be triggered by the menopause. And these healthy fats uh, reduce inflammation. They support brain health, cardiovascular function, And they can lower the incidence of hot flushes and vaginal dryness, which is another issue um, that comes from the menopause that not too many people like to discuss. Um, Then we have being sensible with clothing, loose-fitting clothes from natural fibres, such as cotton, that keep, keep your body cool during hot flushes and night sweats, So just checking the material, um, the material of your clothing and making sure that it's not too tight just to support your body when it's feeling hotter than it should be. Um, And so supporting support. So blood sugar balance first, increasing your fiber Um, with oats, vegetables, whole grain rice, lentils, beans, nuts, flax seeds, limiting um, meat and um, dairy, pasteurised dairy consumption, being careful with caffeine, alcohol and spicy foods. Um, And that should really help some way towards preserving your bone density and um, helping you drift... um, happily through the menopause rather than it being rather than you sitting on a roller coaster <laughs> an up and down roller coaster oh I
0: love that term drift happily I'm sure that's the um, nirvana that every individual who's going through the menopause is looking for <laughs> yes <laughs> I've been scribbling down all of these um things to make sure that at the end I can kind of summarize them but there's it's it, I said holistic and that is literally as holistic as it can get because it's everything from loose fitting natural material clothes all the way through to drinking alcohol food diet which is absolutely amazing um and apologies for mispronouncing your name um you can tell I'm from Essex because you've got Tanya and I would say Tanya
1: (laughs) (laughs) no problem I'm used to being called both so it doesn't matter I, I you
0: can take the girl out of Essex, but I'm not out of Essex. I'm still here. <laughs> 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 um, you were talking about the kind of um, bone density and things like that. And that moves quite nicely, really, because I think that's where a lot of the exercise piece comes from as well. We know that, that movement is really important. Um Natasha and I have done a previous podcast where we talk about the importance of small incremental build-ups to doing more movement. Um, I've got my sit-to-stand desk and walk a lot more frequently now as a, as a result of literally that particular podcast and 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 talking with Natasha. Um, but I think it it fits well with the fact that strength training alongside other approaches is also just as valuable and helpful when it comes to the menopause is, is that that's your kind of area of of expertise isn't it Natasha
2: yeah so not just from a point of uh, bone density but also about muscle mass unfortunately after the age of 30 um, sedentary women are going to be more worse in being hit on on that muscle loss that they're going to lose but on average it's between three and eight percent so if you think about it lots of women get scared of going to the gym because they feel that they're going to lift up a dumbbell and look like arnold schwarzenegger Um, and it's always said i don't want to look big and bulky well, I've been trying for the last five years and, and I can't profess to say that I look anything like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it really does not happen. <laughs> you, the ladies that, that show huge amounts of muscle growth have either been doing it for like decades or they're taking something. Um, so really you have to put it into perspective. Moving weights, again, I think there's a fear So again, ladies, you know, go to a gym, ask someone there The you know, the instructors are there to support you and help you pay for a PT uh, because they know their stuff Um, to get you confident to use the weights, because cardio bunnies i'm i'm a runner so you know i've been a cardio bunny but honestly weights you will get your heart rate up i mean i can honestly have my heart rate as high doing lunges where i've moved one step forward and back as i would running um if you are loading your bones as, as Tanya said, um, there's all those benefits, but also from the muscles. You're going to gain strength. You are going to build muscle. So you are trying to stop that decline and perhaps build some. But what else does it give you? It gives you confidence. You feel like a badass when you can lift weights. And I've, I've seen that in my clients, literally one of my clients today has shown me a gun, you know, and because... She she lifted a heavier weight and she felt great. But as Tanya said, from a health perspective, it's going to improve your insulin sensitivity. But also one of those other symptoms is joint pain that you can get with menopause. And lifting weights may um, reduce those aches and pains. Now, every woman is individual, but you you never regret a workout. um, That's for sure. Um, If you didn't want to go not only if it's if it's in a gym, Um, or a class then it's communal you can absolutely gas with the other ladies as well uh, which is all part and parcel because i think if more people can speak and share their story and that understanding which i've had ladies in the gym do um it just lessens that burden and also a big thing is about your mindset about menopause so you either can go into it with trepidation and fear and like tanya said it can end up being a roller coaster but you don't know what you're going to be dealt with you may only get one symptom and they i don't think they come like individually um you may be walloped with several in one time but is there's no guarantee but if you go into it with a positive mindset you and and laughter um, and this was, I did a podcast with a lady, Shelley Chapman, um, and she wrote a book called Menopause Matters. And she literally had me in stitches the whole way through and gave me a completely different outlook of what menopause can be. Um, so she was laughing at the end saying, you could wear white again. Um, because again, I never understood that potentially, obviously menopause, you could think you're not having a period and then one will come. Um, and, and that, fear or worry than what you do if that just happens and again I think the more we can talk about it the more we can make other women feel safe that they can share know that they're not alone and then that builds the confidence to get through it as smoothly as possible but those menopausal sweats as well at night there are things that you can do to help yourself before you go to bed you know it's about raising your core temperature before you go to bed typically in your hands as well so if you can get your hands warm before you go to bed what you're going to be doing is extracting that heat from your core coming out of the body that's going to allow your body core temperature to drop down by one two degrees it's going to aid you into a more restful sleep making sure you keep your room cool you do not want a hot room obviously typically it's very hot in the uk at the moment Um, but generally speaking a nice cool bedroom and then your body is going to the temperature is going to rise as you wake up and also understand that going to the loo in the middle of the night is normal. So again, don't get frustrated by that. It's whether you can drop back off to sleep. And as Tanya mentioned, using those apps is really great, but also things like journaling before you go to bed so that you've actually offloaded thoughts and things that you need to do so that you don't start ruminating about those in the middle of the night that stops you getting back to sleep. I was a big one for that and then would spend hours and then occasionally it happens. But it's also said that if you are going to be awake longer than 20 minutes, actually get up and move around. I wouldn't suggest going eating or drinking anything because then you're confusing your body again, but just a little bit of movement and then take yourself back. Otherwise, you're just going to get yourself more agitated. And we all know that in the (laughs) menopausal time, mood is a big thing. Um, So, yeah, uh, talking about it, sharing about it enables others around you to understand as well. But, yeah, get in the gym, ladies. Move those weights because nothing less. If you've got a slam ball, you can think it's someone else's head.
0: (laughs) I really like um, it, it's, it's. There is exactly what we said. There are the medical treatments that you need to be having or that will help you, but don't think they're the only solution. That, that it, it is in isolation. Everything we've talked about is kind of your whole your whole lifestyle management everything from sleep to mindfulness techniques or relaxation techniques to boundary setting you know the saying no so that you can say yes to prioritizing something like exercise or prioritizing cooking those kind of whole foods balanced diets not using time as a reason to 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 eat those processed foods that then will eat into how you feel give yourself the gift of your own time to 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 think about your nutrition your self-care your overall well-being and um, you're never too old to start forming new habits you can there's loads of information out there on how you can form new habits and you need you know this is exactly what Natasha said at the beginning this isn't a short process so this isn't like you in some cases obviously people do have a Um, An induced menopause but in most situations it takes a long time and you want to make the most of those years so think about all of the kind of extra elements that you can can actually take control of in your life and that is everything from um, sleep, nutrition, exercise, looking after yourself in general. I think many of us think we're quite passive in this you know this is being done to us this is a body change but we can prepare our bodies from a young age for going through the menopause and I, I'm not claiming that's that sentence at all this is exactly what Natasha told me a while ago and I've completely stolen it but actually taking it on to think I should be doing this now I mean right while well, I've been doing the research like I say I think I've realized that I've started to take some steps into the parent menopause anyway but I'm I want to I need to be thinking well how else can I be looking after myself it's time to give up the frequent takeaways and the and the the kind of convenience foods and start implementing so many good practices. I've actually been reading The Secret recently, which has given me loads of kind of uh, fuel to, to really get into my gratefulness and and all of that kind of stuff. I just think it's really important. Practicing mindfulness, getting good at practicing mindfulness and relaxation, keeping fit, following that nutritious diet. How many of us are actually practicing these even before menopause? I only think of being fit and healthy for my energy and aesthetic now, not really for future me. And doing things for ourselves now is actually giving ourselves a better chance in the future as well. Obviously, if you're going through the menopause, um, then you want to be doing these things uh, immediately to help you right now. We need to prioritise our wellbeing because it will help with the symptoms we get with the menopause. We need to prioritise our well-being because we need to prioritise ourselves, not even as women, men, non-binary, whoever we are, we should be looking after ourselves anyway. However, I would like to kind of just um, leave the session with some top tips. I've summarised a few. I've written a few as well. Um, obviously, we've talked about diet and sugary foods and thinking about um you know removing those processed convenience foods increasing your fiber thinking about uh your outfit even things as like your clothes sort of loose fitting natural clothes um be interesting how we'd apply that one in the gym <laughs> we're all there with our cotton shorts <laughs> um thinking about caffeine alcohol i've actually got to reduce my alcohol i know that spicy foods um, exploring vitamin d with your with your gp all of these things you may well need to check out with your gp if you're adding anything in extra that um it's good to have a check two things that i've seen out there recently that i think are really really interesting is um, um an individual called doctor well on instagram the handle is dr menopause care and they've also got a really great website where you can find out loads of sort of informations and they're on, on instagram for example they've got loads and loads of advice videos and they are a um a menopause kind of um sort of group of doctors and also you may or may not follow or be following davina mccall who does menopause monday and she's got a book out called menopausing as well and i think all of you know there's just stuff out there um natasha mentioned um her colleagues as, as well that, you know this isn't the only recommendations there's lots out there and the more education you have the better as well so before we wrap up tanya what would you say that you've got any more top tips to add in there
1: one tip when we uh, talk about the whole food diet is making sure it's rich in vegetables and particularly um leafy greens, cruciferous, such as broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, because they have special compounds that help modulate estrogen metabolism and activate the body's detoxification processes. And they can be really useful during the menopause. Um, And the other thing is reducing toxic load. And if you think that your skin, for instance, is your largest organ, what are you putting on your skin? And adding reducing the overall toxicity within your body. So eating as organic, uh, f- chemical-free as possible. Um, and but do consider what you use to clean your house and to um and you put every day on your skin to wash yourself or makeup up or and just think of that as because that will throw add to the um menopause symptoms. It's more for your body to deal with. And natasha.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm plant-based and I actually went plant-based a few years back to, to improve my skin. As um, is, is Tanya said, it's one of the, the biggest organs of the body. And it is not just what you put in that feeds, but what you put on as well. But I'll go from it from a different point of view of thinking about having your own sort of personalised plan, call it um, like a, a menopause statement. Um, where you just rediscover your own values. So you tapping back into yourself, like with everything that Tanya's uh, offered in those tips from nutrition to the mindset, the lifestyle and the fitness practices, and then just understanding what are the big rocks in your life, you know, of your family, your career, your friends um, and taking time back for yourself yourself understanding what you can and can't do sometimes it can be quite liberating that uh, ladies feel that when they hit the menopause it's not that they care less but they don't worry so much that anxiety can be heightened but they care less about what they think than they previously did, or they were always doing things for everyone else and putting themselves last and they finally figured to put themselves first. Now often that's seen as being selfish, but the old saying goes, let people drink from your saucer, not from your cup. So I think if you can put together a a personalised plan that works for you, because everyone is unique, um, but it should include a strength training at least twice a week for at least 30 minutes. Now that doesn't mean in a gym, uh, that can be at home with body weight. It can be gardening, it can be whatever you want it to be. Fitness is something that you want to enjoy, not endure. So, so do something that you like. Follow obviously um, a healthy diet 80 20 is the rule, you know, we're not asking for perfection, um, because we can't stick to that. And that makes us fall off the wagon completely. And then it's going to come back and want us tenfold. But just trying to adopt a few of those and just try to slow it down. Don't try to change everything at once, because you're more than likely to fail because it's going to be overwhelmed you've already got enough to deal with and just celebrate what you've done like your body is doing its natural change look what you've achieved actually give yourself a pat on the back and talk to yourself like you would a friend
0: I don't think I've got anything else to add to these um except I would say a lot of the stuff that we've talking about in terms of um lifestyle management nutrition uh, lifestyle management sleep etc there are podcasts on the be Well podcast that that talk about those different topics as well. So they, you may want to have a little look around the podcast site and find some of those other areas that could complement what we've spoken about. Um, but look after yourself, prioritise yourself. Don't just think that it's um, it's you alone. There's lots of other other people going through this and, and there is the support that you need thank you natasha thank you tanya i really appreciate your time i know that i've i always take things out of these podcasts but um this one uh, was particularly interesting and and relevant for myself so thank you very much
2: thank you for having me
0: thank you we'll see you on the next one guys